Ball and Play 2 presented by DraftKings is underway. Head over to our Warehouse Games channel to see all the action from Ball and Play. Get some skin in the game and download the DraftKings app right now. Don't forget to use our promo code WAREHOUSE. That's promo code WAREHOUSE only at DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. It is Tuesday, May 2nd, 2023. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan along for the ride as well. Oh, all right. We can talk about it now with Blitzball Battle 3 since, you know, we put that clip out of you saying, this is my house. This is where I sleep. This is where I sleep. (laughs) I got to let people know sometimes, you know, Drew Davis, you know, people are going to look at that and be like, oh, Coach Trev, why are you you doing that to that young kid? I don't know if you watch the whole game. Drew Davis smacked one off me and he had a little celebration of his own. So I had to pay it back. I got to let him know. This is my house. My kids eat breakfast here, Chris. Yeah, well, I don't think so. But um, Drew Davis is actually, I'm not going to say he's owned you, but yes, you, you struggled against him inside the warehouse. So that was a big moment. I had forgotten how much they owned me during that game. I mean, I had a horrible game offensively up until the point that it mattered most. And my boy, Dan Rourke, you know, I know he's not on camera right now. I got to give him a shout out because he put together some incredible ABs, had some incredible moments on the mound to keep us in the game. So without him, that moment doesn't happen. No, you're right. Way way to uh, bring up your teammate. That's very nice. Uh, The series continues tonight. I believe it's pinstripe strong. And we got ice six o'clock Eastern. Everybody will be in the chat. Make sure you're watching. The series is fantastic. Let's also talk about the big guys who get paid to hit the hardball for a living. I am donning the Phillies cap because Bryce Harper is back. 160 days after Tommy John's surgery, he will make his triumphant return in the same stadium in which he made his major league debut over a decade ago. That is out in L.A. against the Dodgers. Here's Bryce Harper. I got word today that it wouldn't matter from right now, today, or in two months. You know, we're, we're in the same spot that we would be. Um, you know, we're healed to, to where I need to be. Um, and, you know, we're just going to play the game smart and play it the right way and uh, not push, you know, the craziness of, you know, how I kind of play. Uh, but understanding that, you know, I help my team when I'm on the field, uh, not when I'm off the field. Three things to digest. First of all, somebody turn down the fucking music at Dodger Stadium, please. No. To talk to Bryce Harper. Yes. Please do that. Number two, he said, I'm going to have to tone it down a little bit. Does he have that ability to downshift, if you will? I think it's going to be in his head. It's going to have to stay in the front of his mind, Chris, because you can do all the pregame reps and the you know, side session reps. I guess he's gotten 50 at bats off minor league pitching or, you know, just kind of live ABs. He's done some base running drills. That's all great. And you can go as fast and as hard as you want during those, but nothing can uh, simulate game speed. You get into a game, things just happen quicker. And for a guy like Bryce, who does play the game extremely hard at all times, like it's going to be difficult for him to slow down. Like if he hits a ball, that's like a swinging bunt. He's going to want to bust it down the line. If he is on first base and someone hits in the gap, he's going to want to score. So it has to be in the front of his mind. It can't be like just like in there floating around somewhere. He has to really be conscious of that because those are the things you have to watch out for. I'm not worried about his arm at all. I mean, he's going to be DHing. He should be okay. It's the soft tissue stuff. It's the, the hamstrings. It's the, the calves. It's the oblique stuff like that, that you kind of have to like get 
back into that real game speed. Uh, but he's so smart with it. And I think sitting out that long will do something to you mentally. You heard him say, I help my team when I'm on the field, not when I'm off the field. So I think he really is understanding that. And we'll see kind of a, a slightly toned down version of Bryce Harper. I don't think he has the ability to dial it all the way back, but I think he will be smart enough with it. And uh, man, baseball is better when Bryce Harper's playing, isn't it? One of my favorite players to watch all time, in part because of the hair on fire emotion with which he plays, right? I remember a few years ago when he busted it down the line on kind of a slick night, he slipped on the base yep. and I was like, oh my God, he just tore his ACL. Thankfully he didn't, but that's who Bryce Harper is. He's a superstar that always, always grinds. There was one time early in his career, I remember that Matt Williams pulled him from a game in Washington after he kind of loafed it a little bit. And other than that, I don't remember one other moment where somebody had to say shit to him. Because And so it, it does worry me a little bit. Let's say he's on first, the ball in the gap. He's trying to score, and he slides head first in the home. Like, is Dr. Neil Eltros telling him, dude, you got to go feed first right now. You can't do the whole head first thing. I, I don't know what they're telling him. I do worry a little bit about him. Now, we get to the bigger point, which is that he said the Phillies are much better when I'm there. And, and that's not a shot at his teammates. This is a fact. He's a two-time MVP, including a unanimous winner, I think, back in 2015. So those are facts. How long before we see Bryce Harper as Bryce Harper? Because he did not have a minor league rehab stint. He's such a different type of player. Like, he's not a regular baseball player that needs to go down there and see all these ABs. And like I said, he's been getting live ABs before games, 50 of them apparently. I think we'll see a little bit of an adjustment period with him as far as just like seeing spin again and getting the ball into the strike zone. I think that's the biggest thing when you come back from an injury is like getting your plate discipline back because these guys are going to try to exploit that. They know you haven't seen a ton of pitches and they're kind of right now it's May 2nd. They're kind of getting locked in. Like all the pitchers, they have their pitches working for them. Like spring training's done. The early season rust is done. This is when you start to see guys really hone it in. Uh, so I think that's what they'll try to do with him. Uh, they'll try to nibble around to see if he chases. And if he doesn't, then he's going to be Bryce Harper, uh, you know, that he's always been. Uh, but we'll see how that happens in the first couple of games. I, ex I expect him to be like pretty good, Chris, pretty quickly. So the, the Phillies didn't have the luxury that the Padres did, right? Fernando Tatis Jr. was able to go back down to the minor leagues during the last part of his suspension and go get some swings in. And my God, I mean, we've never seen a rehab assignment like he had before where he was knocking yeah. the ball out of the park. It seemed like every other bat. The Phillies had to put him in against, um, you know, like Ranger Suarez and Nick Nelson and the high-velocity batting practice machine. How close to the real thing is that thing, by the way? Nothing. And, and in Nothing. fact, I think a lot of teams now use like uh, softer balls because it's um, just easier on your hands and, and, and all that stuff. Because when you're hitting off a machine, it's just, it's different, man. I used to be so intimidated hitting off those machines because balls would move late and weird. And it just, it just isn't the same as a, a, a you know, a pitcher throwing the ball. You can't get in rhythm with the machine. I think that's the biggest thing. So like I said, like he's, he's going to have some adjustment period, like a little bit of an adjustment period, but this is Bryce Harper we're talking about. I don't think it's going to take long for him. I hope not, because I love rooting for him. He's one of my favorite players. He's still the remote stopper for me. I check him out every time I can. Uh, I'm rooting for him. I'm happy he's back. And I know that Jolly and I weren't so sure about the Phillies being contenders when we did the show together last Friday. Obviously, this guy moving up his timetable changes that a bit. And I hope he gives him a certain spark.
Yes. I was thinking like, I love that you brought up that he debuted in Dodger Stadium. Like even I remember him debuting in Dodger Stadium when he took his helmet off and had the triple yes. and all that stuff. But is he gonna have a moment? Like is like the LA thing real? Like is it Hollywood Bryce? Like is he gonna hit a homer off of Urias tonight? Like, dang man, I will be in attendance. Good for I'll you, a, man. I'll give him a pep Good talk before the game. I'm like, hey man, we're all rooting for you, bro. I, Did I you would see love my blitz ball, Homer gotta... Bryce. Did you see that? Yeah, I bet you he was. He probably tuned in. He was yeah, probably in the yeah. chat on Sunday when we were all together. I would love to go with you. Brady's got a playoff game. Sorry, that one. I'm much more interested than Bryce Harper's like return. Uh, speaking of coming back, Fernando Tatis just did that. He was back in Petco as a Padre, playing in a game for the first time since September 26th of 2021. Here's how it sounded when he headed out to right field. Pretty triumphant return. He took a bow. He was fired up. Um, unlike Harper, he's not strictly coming back from injury, although he did have shoulder and wrist surgery since we last saw him at Petco. He is coming back from serving an 80-game suspension. Were you okay with the way that the Padre faithful welcomed him back? It's interesting you use the word faithful there. And the Padres, the fathers, because I grew up going to Catholic school, and there was a – there's a story called The Prodigal Son, okay? And it's about a dad, and he has two sons, and one son stays home and starts working and helping the family out. And the other son says, Dad, I want my inheritance right now. I'm going to go off into the world. So the dad says, okay, gives him his inheritance. He goes off, and he spends it all and doesn't do anything. And all of a sudden, he has to come on home. He's got his tail between his legs. And the father welcomes him back with open arms. And the other son doesn't understand. He said, Dad... Why are you welcoming him back? He left the family. But the dad says, that is my son. I'll love him no matter what. That's what's going on down here in San Diego. I mean, look, Fernando Tatis Jr., I get he messed up. Everyone knows that. He knows that. Uh, but he endeared himself to those San Diego fans prior to that. He's going to endear himself to the San Diego fans in the future. He's just that good of a ball player, okay? Okay. Uh, I was expecting probably even more of a warm welcome than that. I don't know if you had any other ideas, but San Diego loves this guy. And I think, I think even throughout the league, there's only going to be a few places where he gets booed. I think most baseball fans mm -hmm. just love seeing this guy on the field. He's that electric. He's that good. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm rooting for him to go out there and be the player that he was before Chris. I think we're all being hypocritical if we say that we wouldn't have done the same thing if Fernando Tatis Jr. played on our team. I, I presently and in the past have rooted for guys where I don't agree with what they did. Uh, in some cases, it's been despicable, some of the accusations. But this is sports. And at the end of the day, if you are going to take a moral stand on everything that gives you enjoyment, you are never going to leave your house because it, it I'm serious. Here. That's true. Do you do a background check on every restaurant owner that you've ever parked your seat in? Do you go check out uh, the history of every actor or musician that you have ever paid to go see act in a movie or go put on a show? The answer is no, but in sports, we're privy to this information. So if you're going to say you might not be a Fernando Tatis Jr. fan anymore based on that, and that's perfectly fine. But to then turn and tell other fans that, oh, you're a bad human being if you go cheer for him. 
That's some bullshit. I'm sorry. I'm just not buying that. So I am perfectly fine with the people. It doesn't mean they agree with what he did. I want to get that out there very clear. It means that he brings you joy, that what he does for a living provides excitement for you. And that's okay. You can be both ends of it and not be hypocritical, in my opinion. Yeah, and we should be forgiving people. Like I've said on this show before, this guy has served his suspension. He's done the time. Like It's time to move forward. And in in instances like this, the best thing we can do is learn from them. I mean, I've had to have this conversation with Teddy. Like He's like, why was Fernando Tatis Jr. suspended? I said, Mm -hmm. you know what? He did something that he wasn't supposed to do. And I have to teach him, like, there are consequences for your actions. I think that's the best way to go about this. Now forget about that because he is he's done what he needed to do. And let's just go enjoy watching this dude play baseball because he is one of the best players in the game. He, and he's already come back and had a pretty good start. He's not even oh, at yes. Fernando Tatis Jr. level yet. He's going to get there. Yeah, he had three hits last night. Uh, they have improved to 7-3 and three since he returned to the lineup. They were 9-11 and 11 without him. He is a difference maker. That is a city that is starved for a professional sports championship. I Can I say that. something? So, Hold on one second. Hold on. Yeah. I'm praising this guy a lot because I do believe what I've just said. But also, like, someone asked me the other day, like, what do you think about, like, what he's done since he's been back? And, like, the dancing and Wrigley and all this stuff mm-hmm. like that. I kind of almost wish he would tone that down a little bit. And I know that's well, kind of his again, personality, and that's how he's dealing with all this stuff. And he's going to have to, like – figure a way because he's playing the outfield people are going to be on him yes. some places way more than others so that's his way of dealing with it i almost wish he wouldn't do that i don't know for some reason that's the only thing that has kind of rubbed me the wrong way a little bit um but i guess it's his decision man who am i to say i just had to get up get yeah out. i could see how it would bother you a little bit it doesn't bother me but i can understand this um I don't know. I mean, there are some people that have asked me on Twitter, and it's a good question. Rose, why were you always so tough on Alex Rodriguez and wouldn't cut him any slack when he paid his penalty and then returned? To me, there's a huge difference between making an enormous mistake at age 23 and trying to sue the league at 36 or 37 or whatever Alex Rodriguez was. He knew better. Alex Rodriguez knew better. And I can say that because I've been both 23 And I've been 36 and there is a monumental difference in how your brain is developed, how you see life, your ability to take responsibility for things that go on. And so it's a very good question because it does seem a little hypocritical, but I think you have to review these on a case by case basis. And it's one of the reasons I'm excited to see Tatis back. And I kind of watched Rodriguez's end of his career like it was a joke. Well, one and guy was remorseful and the other guy wasn't. So that's that's how I differentiate. Yes, absolutely. I think that that's that part of the equation. <laughs> I think I think Alex was remorseful at times, but it never felt genuine. Okay, then he wasn't remorseful. <laughs> it's not genuine. It's just an act. Yeah. Okay, you're right. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, today's episode of Baseball Today. This is genuine because it's sponsored by SeatGeek. If you don't know what SeatGeek is, they're the number one ticketing app that makes buying tickets super simple. More than 28 million downloads out there. That's what makes them number one. Now, did you know there are more than 70,000 events every single day on SeatGeek, including sports, concerts, festivals, and more? So if you want to be a part of the party, grab your phone right now, download the SeatGeek app, because they will make sure that you are getting the best deal possible. 
when you're shuffling through and you're looking for your event and you're looking for seats, look for the green dot because the green, that means that's a good deal. The red dot, stay away, stop sign, enough, turn around, go find a green dot. And every ticket is backed by their buyer guarantee and SeatGeek is the only site that lets you return your tickets ahead of the event with swaps for later dates. Plus, we're giving you a hookup. You use the code today, 20 bucks off your first purchase at SeatGeek. That is $20 off your first purchase with the promo code today. Click the link in the description to download the app. Go do it. I have used it several times. They haven't steered me wrong once. Continue on with the New York Yankees. Who'd they play last night, Ploof? Your Yankees. Guardians. Your Guardians. Yeah, they did. They did. They did. Yeah. Her mom was throwing a great game into the ninth. I don't know what happened with him. Did they take him out or something? All right. You anyway, I'm not going to die. And yeah, Clay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the big news was before the game was that Aaron Judge did end up on the injured lift list. He's got that strained hip. He's out at least another week. They're going to continue to monitor him. The good news is Harrison Bader got activated today. So that little playoff jolt they had a year ago against the Guardians uh, should be, should certainly help them out. But as of right now, no Judge, no Stanton, no Rodon, no Severino, no Donaldson. Is this team good enough when they get back, or will there still be holes that'll keep this hovering around a maybe slightly better than 500 team? If we're talking everyone is healthy, it's enough. You know, they they have the firepower in that lineup with Judge and Stanton and Rizzo and DJ and Glaber doing what he's been doing. You know, so... I think that's the problem, though, is you need depth. And it's been getting exposed now. If you have these guys that have been in the lineup ne- uh, recently, whether it's Franchi, whether it's Woodley Calhoun, um, you know, IKF's been in there a lot. If those guys are your are your bench pieces and, like, you, you use them in the right ways, then it's enough. But lately, we haven't seen that. We've seen those guys thrust into bigger roles. I mean, Jimmy and Jake had Boone on uh, talking Yanks yesterday, and they were asking them, like, look, these guys, like, Usually when rookies come up with the Yankees, they hit in the back of the lineup and they're not asked to be like the centerpiece, you know, of the team. But right now, because of injuries, you'll have, you know, sometimes Volpe leading off and Peraza batting second. And it's like, hey, guys, like this is you got to go now. And that's very difficult to do as a rookie, especially in a town like New York. So I think if everyone is back and that includes Severino and Rodon in the rotation and, and, and Stud and Judge and Stanton in the lineup, it is enough. But it's not always going to be that way. So I guess to answer your question, they probably need to go. If I was them, I would have had gotten some more depth to be on my bench to, you know, just in case something like this happens. We've seen the Dodgers do that time and time again, be able to fulfill roster spots with guys that can come up and play ball. We haven't seen that from the Yankees this year at all. And I think that's why they're in the last place in the AL East right now. Didn't all I hear about were these young guys that could come up and play immediately and play in big spots? Didn't I hear that? Yeah, you hear that a lot because they're trying to give these guys confidence, but you know it's tough. I always tell you how tough it is. Hell yes, it is. If your answer when you have almost a $300 million payroll is, we're going to bring these young guys up and we're going to let them know. That's what like my team does because we financially have to play young guys. You all don't have to do that in New York. Um, that's the problem. When I read that list and I said, boy, if they're all healthy, if might be a little word, but it is a huge word in the Bronx, because when does if happen with all these guys, when was the last time this organization was 100% healthy? 
it's been a long time. I mean, we, we, yeah, we know it's, you know, with Stanton, you're, you're always toeing the line a little bit, uh, you know, judge being out obviously really hurts and they're counting on a yes, really stellar rotation. They just haven't had that at all this year. But judge, even with him in the lineup until the last few days, the offense has stunk been yeah. like bottom eight, bottom 10. It hasn't been very good, even with his production out there. So yeah, they, I mean, they might have to make some other moves. They're just, they're okay. They're, it doesn't feel like a weird. great lineup. No. No, it doesn't. Not at all. Not at all. And then when Nestor gets his balls kicked in, like he did a Sunday against Texas. I mean, if you go, if you go down, they're at the point where they go down four, right? Young hits the home run on Sunday. All of a sudden, Yankee fans are looking at each other like, how do we scrape together four runs with this lineup? That's tough. That's like what my, I'm feeling. That's what I'm feeling as a Cleveland Guardian fan. I Come on over. I feel your pain, Yankee fans. You got to really squint like this. Like, if you got this, like, you're like, oh, okay, I can see that lineup being good. Remember last year how good Judge was? If he oh, was just like like ten percent worse, like the Yankees would have been a completely different team. He absolutely carried their team, and you can't expect him to do that again. Right. In the second half, it was unreal. The statistics of Aaron Judge compared to the rest of the guys in the lineup, it was so lopsided. It was borderline comical. Now, am I ready to count this team out? Of course not. I mean, they're eight and a half games out. They are in last place. They've got a couple of huge series coming up over the next uh, less than two weeks against Tampa Bay. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, they get to June and they're not feeling good about this team. Then, uh oh, where's that? I'm just thinking, like, if you get if you get these guys back in the lineup, Judge and Stanton, and then you can go like whatever it is, Volpe, Judge, Stanton, Rizzo. I don't know what the lineup would be, but like you could have a lineup of like down to like number like the seventh spot in the batting order being pretty ferocious so right. that is enough but then like you look at the bench after all those guys are in the starting lineup and you're like oh, okay like who's gonna come in and pinch hit like if you need a uh, you know a, a platoon advantage like what are they gonna do like I, they need to add they do and i think they will by the way Corey seeger's been has missed the last several weeks with the texas rangers they're putting up 15 runs Figure it out. So the Yanks are actually all alone in last place after they lost, and Boston had another walk-off win, once again, courtesy of Alex Verdugo. That is two in the last three games. That is three on the season. He's having an outstanding year. Now, we know that there's probably nothing that could he could ever do that would make it Boston fans feel better about the Mookie Betts trade. But what could he do? That's the question. Is there anything? I think he needs to continue to be kind of like a clubhouse leader and, you know, come up clutch in these situations like he's been doing, but let's, let's be realistic here. Like Alex Verdugo was never going to, he's, it wasn't a trade to replace Mookie Betts. It was a trade to get something for Mookie Betts because they didn't want to pay him. That was it. It's not fair to say, Hey, Verdugo, you're going to be this guy. Uh, and also, we, we'll have Jeter Downs and Connor Wong in this trade, too. And those guys, all three of them are going to replace Mookie Betts. That was never the case. It was like, hey, Mookie's going to walk after this year. We're not going to pay him. So let's go get what we can get. Verdugo has been a fine ball player for the Red Sox, okay? And like he and he has taken over kind of that leadership role in the clubhouse. I think that's what he needs to continue to do. I mean, Jeter Downs, they designated for assignment. Uh, Connor Wong has been their starting catcher, right? 
So, I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's something, Certainly. but I, I, I just, I just don't think it was ever meant for Verdugo to be Mookie Betts replacement, at least not to Mookie Betts standards. That's very unfair to put on anyone in the game because Mookie is on his way to the hall of fame. Like, what do you, you can't live up to that. So Verdugo just needs to continue to be himself. And if you're mad about that trade, if you're a, a Red Sox fan, don't be mad at Verdugo. Be mad at your front office, your ownership for not wanting to keep Mookie around. And that's, that's what they should be mad at, right? They should be mad at the situation. They should be mad at the fact that they didn't want to pay somebody over $300 million. That's Boston. You know, this isn't Cleveland. This isn't Kansas City. This Stop is saying Boston. Cleveland. But I mean, that's true. I mean, Your owner's very never rich. Afford a th- yeah, I know. I know he is. Believe me, I know. I've seen <laughs> the net worth. Hey, credit to him. He's given out two $100 million contracts in the last two years. So we're making progress. But this, hey, isn't hire about us. this is about Boston. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they'll be doing that anytime in the near future. Um, so, yeah, this is about Boston and the front office and what sort of moves they had to make. I mean, Chaim Bloom. What was the first thing he had to do? He had to go trade Mookie Betts. Welcome to town. But Alex Verdugo, it's interesting. Justin Turner played with him in L.A. And I saw a quote from him. I think it was after yesterday's game where he was like, he's learning. People forget he's 26, but he is a, a different guy than when we had him in L.A. He has grown up. He understands that there's much more to this game than just getting out there and having your four plate appearances. The amount of prep you do the way you think about the game, that's what makes you a great, great player. And he's trending in that direction. Like we forget Alex Verdugo's still only 26 and he's mm-hmm. got eight career walk-off hits. I don't know if you believe in the clutch gene or not, but we always thought Derek Jeter was clutch. He had seven career walk-off hits. So he's already passed him. I don't know if I believe in a clutch gene, but I believe in like a slow heart rate. In those situations, being able to calm yourself down, whether, you know, whatever you have to do to get there, some guys are able to do it and some guys can't. Some guys get up there and you can see their heart beating through their jersey. And other guys, you're like, dude, is this guy alive? Like, wake up a little bit. And those are the guys that perform in those situations. Uh, Last thing before we get out of here for the day, uh, everybody, another day, another dugout celebration, this time from the Washington Nationals in D.C. So, of course... After Lane Thomas hits a home run, they put the colonial wig, have him grab the American flag. You better not take a shot at this one. No, I like this one. And look, everyone's doing a celebration now, so I can't really like hate on them. They're just part of the game. So now I have to just rate them strictly on my standards. This one fits my standards. Uh-huh. It makes sense. It's unique. Uh, I tweeted out yesterday. I would love if they had like a scroll, like almost yes. like it was like the Declaration of Independence at the end. And then someone replied to my tweet and said, they should have like a feather pen and then sign the home run sheet. Yes. So every time you hit a home run, you sign the sheet and it just keeps adding to the scroll. Take that nationals. It's yours. I love that. That's a great, great call. You, the Whomever reached out to you tip of the colonial wig to you. Uh, I love this and I'm okay. Some people are like, well, they won't be using it very much. You know what? <laughs> Shit. Once again, it's all about the future and the young people that are watching the game. If they see this stuff, Let's celebrate. And I, if there are high school coaches and little league coaches listening right now, and I hope you do, thank you. It, if you're listening, open your ears. If the kids want to do this as a dugout celebration and have something fun there in the dugout, you better allow it. 
You better allow it because whatever keeps kids interested in the game, I'm okay with. It doesn't mean they're taunting the other team. It means make sure you teach them that it's something that stays here, that it focuses on our team, that it yes. shows that we are doing something good. I don't want you looking at the other team and going, ha, ha, ha. Keep it within the boundaries of our squad. But let them do it because if they're having fun doing it, they're going to be back next season. For 10 years, I coached Little League. Now, I suck at teaching baseball, but I was really good at the mental side and the enthusiasm and the emotional side and dealing with failure and all that sort of stuff. Um, I just always taught the kids, let's have fun. And I never wanted to be the reason that they quit the sport as a coach. I love it. Uh, I agree with you. It's, it's about celebrating with your team, not against the other team. That's the biggest lesson right. there. That's it. Nationals, keep doing your thing. All right. Uh, we are back at it again on Wednesday. We cannot wait. Enjoy Bryce Harper's season debut. Tell Bryce I say hello. I'll be Ooh, do you think I'll get the smack on the butt today? Should I try? Yeah, I wouldn't. What's up, Bryce? No. Okay. We'll see. I think I will. No. Yeah. Current ball player, fine. Former ball player, weird. Ah, so uh, it's so true, dude. I'm such a loser now. God. No, you're not. Uh, don't forget about Blitzball Battle 3 tonight, 6 o'clock Eastern. We'll be in the chat there with We Got Ice and Pinstripe Strong. Keep enjoying that series. For our one-of-a-kind producer, Dan Rourke, and the awfully talented Grand Slam walk-off dude, Trevor Plouffe, I am Chris Rose. We will see you Wednesday on Baseball Today. Ball and Play 2 presented by DraftKings is underway. Head over to our Warehouse Games channel to see all the action from Ball and Play. Get some skin in the game and download the DraftKings app right now. Don't forget to use our promo code WAREHOUSE. That's promo code WAREHOUSE only at DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours.